For two years, I haven't been able to say this. I'm thrilled to be able to say it now. Let's go bowling, folks. It's time for some ECAC bowl pairings in our selection show. That's right, ECAC Bowl Selection Show. We have some excited teams across this country right now. Uh, JB showing his uh, hat there. Uh, he got the shirt on too. Uh, he's he's all formal. So I'll be the uh, in the huddle portion of the program. He'll be the ECAC uh, portion of it because this <laughs> is being presented by us here at in the D3FB Huddle. Uh, we don't want to take up too much time here. We're going to tell you about the three traditional bowl pairings and more here uh, throughout this show, and uh, you'll want to stay tuned from start to finish. Uh, to make sure that you've got all the information possible. Uh, JB, uh, you look at what we've got in front of us here. We're not going to tell you names of teams yet, obviously, folks, but uh, I'm a little excited about some of these pairings. i got to start off by saying I'm, I, there are some that I might not have foreseen, but I'm like, boy, this makes sense, and I can't wait to see how these results turn out. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I know in the past we've heard sort of the, oh, well, you know, these postseason bowl games, they're, you know, the kids don't really want to play. Are you kidding me? After what just happened in 2020 and what we've been through, um, bonus football is is great. And these are all going to be outstanding matchups uh, from teams that were literally plays you know, away from, from making it into the, the NCAA tournament in some cases, you know, the postseason. It's a, it's a trophy game. It's for bragging rights. It's for recruiting. I mean, these bowl games are a big deal. They should not be, you know, thought of as anything. So oh, it's just an extra game. Now, this is a huge game. It's particularly for the seniors who um, either came back for a fifth year or, are, you know, didn't get to play for an entire season. I think it's awesome that we're able to, um, present some additional football opportunities and thanks to the ECAC for trusting us again. I think this is what our third, uh, third time doing this now um, in, in this format. So thanks again. And um, you know, I'm excited to, to, to see these bowl matchups. Same here, JB. And uh, we, we had our feed uh, with Westminster uh, a second ago. Uh, we're going to go to a couple locations uh, live coming up here in a second. Uh, but uh, we want to uh, go through some of the uh, different criteria. I'll let you kind of take that uh, over. Uh, some of the th very same criteria pretty much for the NCAAs in how uh, things uh, happen here, the selections, the teams are selected and everything. Kind of give people a lay of the land there. Well, I mean, not surprisingly, you know, a lot of it boils down to your win-loss record, um, you know, the strength of schedule, the, the quality of the opponents that you've faced over the course of the year. Um, there were some teams that put in for ECAC bowls that were ultimately tied to other conferences, so that that changed, you know, the, the field a little bit. But I think the, the matchups that we got um, – make a lot of sense to me as far as when you know looking at sort of who the the top teams are and and they're going to head going head to head and then others um you know matching up it should be a really outstanding uh, series of games let's kind of flip our order here uh while we uh, wait for our friends over at westminster at their watch party uh come on and uh, we call this a watch party uh that we've seen and this first one, uh, there are players in the vicinity, but uh, our uh, friend uh, Blaise Fagiano sort of got away from uh, 
uh, the group there so you could talk to us. Let's go to Blaise Fagiano, who's had an extraordinary week uh, or weekend uh, as the Region 2 uh, RAC chair, and basically that made him on the committee for the NCAAs as well. So... Uh, we, uh, we're hearing a little bit of applause in the background there. We'll ask that to die down for a second while we talk to Coach. Hey guys. <laughs> but, yeah, hi, guys. Uh, Coach, what's this weekend been like for you? You've been talking administrative stuff. You've had to worry about your team in the ECACs. How's this feel today to kind of be sitting back, relaxing, and seeing if you guys land a bowl? It was an exciting weekend. You know, it was, this was my first year on the NCAA National Committee, and it was certainly an honor. Uh, to work with Dewey and JP and, and, and all of our regional rack reps. And uh, we were at it till midnight on Saturday night. And just to be a part of that and be really on the inside and see all the work and hard work, how hard it is to pick the pool C's, uh, it, was, uh, it was great. I can't wait to be able to go to the national championship game. Uh, that would be professionally, it would be an honor to get out back and do that out in Canton, Ohio. And we took our team a few years back. We played Ohio Northern out to Canton. And uh, that was when they just first started doing the, the village there. But uh, really exciting. You know, we, we were uh, we really were in a must-win situation. We've been in that situation a few times this year. We needed to get the last win at home against St. John Fisher to get us to 6-4 and four and get us to that potential postseason. Uh, we, were, we were hoping that I believe we were either 19th or 20th. Last I checked, strength of schedule in the country. And uh, we were hoping that we were in a similar situation than we were back in 18. And uh, very young team, real hungry team. Got some seniors that, you know, as you guys so eloquently said, these games matter. These games are a big deal. Uh, Division three, right, 239 teams, 32 to the tournament, and a very select few that get to uh, not turn their equipment in this week and, and get to play football together one more time. You lost your uh, you lost your audio there, Frank. Yep, I was just going to say and uh, the record coach, and for the record, it is number you guys are number nineteen strength of schedule. I, I did double check that, so there you go. top twenty. And I was just going to jump in and ask you, Coach. You kind of answered it, but I just give us a, a specific answer here. You filed. You were one of the earlier teams to file for the ECACs. You kind of knew that you weren't going to win the MPRA. I get that, and that your chances for NCAs were not high, but. For you personally, just put into a nutshell, why the ECACs? Tell the naysayers out there why you think this matters. Well, I have a long experience with the ECACs. Uh, back uh, when uh, I played and I coached at Ithaca, you know, Ithaca, we, we went to two ECAC games back in 96, 97. You know, you watch Division One, you know, and there's 100-plus teams, and half of them, right, teams that are 6-6 six and six, are going to bowl games. And so you look at Division Three, and we only play 10 games in the regular season, where Division One plays more regular season games. And so for our, our young men to go out there and get a great matchup against a team we may not see in the regular season and continue to play football. You know, we talk about football teams have a one-year life expectancy. Uh, and you know, we feel we have a really close group, a special group, and I've uh, really been battled, you know, battled through the season, you know, through what we think is a really tough Empire 8 conference. You know, I'll tell you one thing, and note with the, with the committee, Going to the six regions, I really feel helped. It really helped some regions that may have been overlooked in the past. It helped to have more teams regionally ranked. And uh, I think actually at first the committee wasn't sure if that would be a positive thing, but I think ultimately it was, uh, you know, as we came with the selections. But playing an extra bowl game is, is huge. Uh, it is huge. And, like, we will always put in free ECACs, regardless of, like, what we think or not. Like, 
we're going to go win the umpire rate. That's our thought every year, right? And our goals are to win the umpire rate, to go to the NCAA tournament, uh, to have a winning season, and then uh, to go to a bowl game. You know, and our guys know that. Uh, many of these guys were sophomores in the 2018, my seniors, uh, 2018 win. And that was a huge for our program to, to be able to play at Shulkoff, which was the surprise. Your guys' show usually has a few surprises. And that was the big surprise back in 18 is that we were playing Ithaca at Shulkoff. And, uh, you know, yeah. one of the most you know, know, yeah. storied stadiums in, in college football. And our guys will have that experience for the rest of their lives. Well, Coach, uh, we're going to let you sit back, relax, turn off your audio here. But we're going to ask you to stick around and maybe uh, get the players around you. We'll see if you are selected here and if there's a reaction to be had. Uh, actually, if you get a chance, uh, are, are the players near you right now? Oh yeah, we're going. Yeah, out. let's let's take a walk and see uh, the guys. Hey, love to. Hey guys. Alright, so we're going to uh, let you guys sit back and relax, watch this uh, play out, and uh, stay tuned with us, okay? And uh, at this point, JB, we're going to, I think we have uh, worked out our kinks uh, in, you know, you know when you, you got to uh, get a live shot from Western Pennsylvania, sometimes it takes a few extra seconds, a few extra attempts, but here we go. Let's go to Westminster and say hello to Coach Benzel. Coach Scott Benzel. How are you, sir? Uh, let me get your uh, volume turned on before you answer us, though. Uh, how are you doing? What's up, man? You know, hey, we're coach. just going bowling. Got Nothing it. unusual here. How are you feeling? We're feeling good. We're ready to play some football. I promise you that. The guys are quiet back there. It's the quietest I've ever seen your football team. Uh, are, very, are they excited? Let's, let's hear it. There <laughs> 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 we go, boys. Give them a shout-out. Coach, we're going to ask you the same question we were asking Coach uh, Fagiano. Uh, you know, your team was kind of on the doorstep more so than Utica was uh, in terms of the NCAAs. All it would have taken was uh, Carnegie Mellon slipping up, and congratulations to them. What a season they had, kind of a, unexpectedly for some people, probably not for you because you knew that they had some great horses there. But, you know, why did you guys want to be in this ECAC bowl game? You know, some people would say, hey, it's letdown city or something like that, but you have been on top of this for weeks, actually, you and I have been uh, communicating behind the scenes about this. So you've been excited for uh, this idea, even if you guys didn't make the NCAs. Why? Well, I, I want to take this team uh, to the postseason every year, and this gives us an opportunity to do that. Um, we got involved in this game, I believe, my second year in 15. It's sort of a similar situation. We ended up finishing 9-2, and two, uh, went and played St. John Fisher up at Central Connecticut, which was uh, at the time, you know, St. John Fisher was a national player in the playoffs. And um, we took our brand up there to Central Connecticut. And, uh, you know, we were really competitive and had, had a pretty good uh, resounding victory up there. And uh, our guys loved the experience. And, you know, that's, that's, that's our mentality. We just want to go play football. we got a bunch of hungry guys that want to finish up with another chance to put a trophy uh, in our trophy case. And I think the ECAC does a great job. Um, and it's a, it's a fun experience. And, and we're definitely looking forward to it. Coach, uh, let me ask you one other thing, if I can. Uh, a lot of people question now, in retrospect, playing Mount Union. Did your team learn from that experience? Would you do it again if you had the uh, choice in the season? Uh, you know, I was there. I saw the, uh, your team fight hard in that game. But would you do it again if you had to rewrite the books on this? Yeah, I'll let the guys answer that. Guys, will we play Mount Union again? Yeah. Yeah. 
I think we have our answer. That's right. the reason why we we're here. We want to we wanna yeah. be the best. You know, we talked about trying yeah. to go good to great and compete. And, um, you know, Mountain Union's a heck of a football team. And we learned a lot from that. We know what we got to do to get better. You know, selfishly, we were hoping we could get a chance to play them again uh, in the postseason. That was sort of our rallying cry. Get a chance to go and, yeah. and get them again. And just didn't work out. And like you said, hats off to Carnegie Mellon. Uh, they're, they're a worthy representative. And well, they're going to have their hands full too, and I, you know, we just met with our coaches uh, for all conference, and you know, Rich and that group's got to go up to uh, play the defending national champions, and I can, I can tell you, they'll represent the pack very well. Well, guys, uh, we want you to do the same thing we told Utica: sit back, relax, and uh, we're going to see where you fall here. In fact, I'm going to tell you guys, you may not have to wait too long, and uh, we'll get to that in a second. It's no secret you have one of the best records in the pool, so this isn't a surprise to you guys that what will be coming up. So sit back. We'll uh, get back to you in a second here on our show. And, JB, having said that, as you said, you uh, took us through the criteria and whatnot uh, earlier, it's time to well, go there's bowling. One, there's, yeah, and there's one criteria that does stand out about Westminster that the rest of the other teams in the pool can't claim. They are co-champions of their conference, and there's you know that that comes with a little extra added weight. Um, you know, if there was a, a seed in this, you'd probably say the Titans were the number one. You know, based on that fact. I mean, there's a lot of other great teams that have similar records, but as far as the conference, um, you know, standings go, and and we, I, I was remiss. I should have said congratulations right off the bat because they are still the co-champions of the pack, and and the pack didn't get a whole uh, ton of uh, ton of love from the. Uh, national committee this year and these ECAC games could be an interesting proving ground um, for them to kind of bump up the things a little bit we'll see what happens well I'm going to tell Westminster turn your camera back on guys because here comes the first pairing of the 2021 ECAC Bowls and this is going to be the 2021 Asa S Bushnell Bowl this is a hell of a matchup if you don't mind me saying so folks and here we go this is Hobart at Westminster. That is an incredible game. <laughs> Westminster hosting the Hobart Statesmen. Uh, both teams at eight and two. Liberty League uh, was uh, four and two for Hobart, and uh, you know eight and one uh, in the pack for Westminster. Coach, uh, before we go into analysis here, how do you feel about this matchup? Well, we can't wait. They're a great team, another national power. So, uh, yeah, you definitely put us in, uh, in, in a, in a dogfight. So we're going to have to, we're going to have to get ready. It's going to be a fun one. Well, we will uh, talk to you guys later. We appreciate uh, getting to visit with you guys there in Westminster. Good luck in this game. JB, uh, you are kind of the Hobart authority uh, in this whole uh, picture here. So we're going to uh, send it to you to talk about this Hobart Statesman team. Well, you know, it, it's going to be, you know, strength on strength because the Titans have, a, you know, a great defense with guys like Ian Barr and Braden Thimmons and, and company, um, great secondary. And, you know, Hobart is a very strong uh, rushing team. Um, you know, they have 34 rushing touchdowns on the season. They average 5.5 yards per carry. Uh, they average um, about 242 yards per game. And on the flip side, you have Westminster's defense only allowing 82 r rush yards per game and only 12 touchdowns over their um, season. So it's something's got to give here. It's going to be, you know, a physical uh, game up front. And so two 
outstanding teams. I mean, this is, you know, this is probably the, you know, the biggest game of the lot um, as far as the, as far as the strengths of, of each team. Um, although some other picks that we got coming up may want to challenge that, but outstanding uh, matchup between, as, uh, as coach said, two um, national powerhouse types of programs. So there you go. That is bowl number one. Uh, as we said, we got three traditional bowl matchups and more to talk about here as well. And that is just number one of the traditional bowl matchups uh, that we wanted to tell you about. Let's go to uh, the Clayton Chapman Bowl next. And uh, a team that Westminster uh, is very familiar with is in this one. And then there's a team that's maybe not used to being in this position lately, but they still are, I can tell you, excited to be here based on some of the reaction we've been getting in the 2021 Clayton Chapman Bowl, another great matchup. Washington and Jefferson at SUNY Brockport. Washington and Jefferson, 8 and 2, 7 and 2 in the pack. Brockport, 7 and 3, 4 and 2 in the Empire, 8. Kind of a, a weird season for Brockport. Uh, you know, you look at what happened uh, in the Morrisville game, this seems like an anomaly of sorts, although Morrisville is becoming a competitor in the Empire, 8, that's for sure. But you know, it's been an up-and-down season, and I think Brockport wants nothing more than to end it with a postseason win of some sort. But Coach Sirianni and company, I think they're feeling the same way after some bumps along the way toward the end of their season here, JB. Yeah, I think so. And it's been interesting to, to see the presidents who, who've kind of gone to a, a, a dual quarterback um, rotation situation uh, with Heacock and, and Colton, I believe, um, so, you know, the uh, Colton Jones, rather, uh, certainly both, you know, strong players. And, you know, this will be another game where a very strong uh, rushing attack is going to be uh, coming at the presidents. And, and they're used to seeing that from playing, uh, playing in the, in the pack and, and, you know, going up against, you know, teams like Westminster and, and Carnegie Mellon and others. Um, we did ask, you know, sort of the obvious question, why is the, team with seven wins the host and uh you know basically it's one of those things they're trying to balance the field out there were a number of pack teams that had submitted bids and so you know the, this is one of the things that the committee did to try to you know balance things out so it wasn't like everyone's coming to pennsylvania um but at the same time you know brockport has a great facility we were there back in 2018 should be uh, an outstanding matchup between once again some very strong uh you know national nationally strong uh contenders JB, that is two bowls down. Our third traditional bowl matchup that we want to talk about in the ACAC Bowls. Blaze, get it ready. Because we're about to set the Utica Pioneers ablaze with this pick. Utica is going to be at Grove City College. And that is an interesting game, I can tell you, in the mix here. They want this opportunity, JB. Uh, absolutely. So, so we're gonna keep you guys in frame here as G JB and I kind of explained uh, as we were looking at this game earlier today. Uh, we're we're looking at the running game of Clayton uh, Chapman, I believe it is uh, from uh, Grove City. Uh, Clayton Parrish, excuse me, Ch Clayton Chapman. That'd be a great one. Clayton Parrish uh, from Grove City, uh, who has twenty-three rushing touchdowns. JB, was that the accurate number? Yeah, yeah. He leads Division Three with twenty-three rushing scores. They have a guy from Emory and Henry with twenty-five, but they're obviously in Division Two. Don't know why they didn't figure that out. But yeah, this is a strength versus strength matchup here. The strong running game of uh, of the Wolverines against uh, Quasi Ado. The the uh, Basically, all conference, probably even all region linebacker. Hold that um, thought. For, Hold that for thought. Utica. So, 
So Quasi, Quasi is there, I believe. Uh, Quasi, I uh, want you to uh, say hello to everybody. How do you feel about this matchup? Quasi, I believe. Quasi, I want you to say hello to everybody. How do you feel about this matchup? Go ahead. Hey, uh, what's going on? Um, you know, there's uh, it's, it's a lot of different emotions going through my body, but there's nothing more that I want would want for you know another week of football for this team. So I'm very excited for this matchup. Ready to get this film and get started. Ninety tackles this season, but uh, that is uh, far and away the most for your team. As a linebacker, you're going to have to uh, go against Paris probably quite often in this game. Uh, I know it's too early to break it down, but uh, how do you feel about playing against the run or a running team like this? Uh, with the with the front that we got here at Utica College and, you know, the linebacker group that we've developed this year, uh, there's no doubt in my mind we'll be able to take on any, any Russian offense that we can. Excited. Well, congratulations on getting to this point. Good luck to you guys in this big game. JB and I, JB and I will break this down for a couple more seconds here, but uh, congratulations to the Utica Pioneers. Guys, as I said, good luck to you and thanks for joining us today. Thank you for the moose. All right. <laughs> so, Utica Pioneers at Grove City. JB, some other thoughts about this game. Josh East, obviously the quarterback for Grove City, no pushover. And uh, they've got a good dual threat scenario on that offense. We've seen it throughout the season. But uh, it looks like, you know, in the tradition of Wesley Schools, who we had on this show two years ago, uh, with uh, yeah. Coach uh, Coach Donato, excuse me. It's one of those scenarios where you never know what's going to come at you at any given second, but that run seems to be what they, what they really want to turn to in the grand scheme of things. What are your other thoughts on this game? Well, yeah, I mean, and, you know, playing in the Empire 8, Utica is going to be used to, you know, offenses that have a, a variety of complements, but, I mean, Grove City's, Game plan is to pound the ball um, at you with with Parrish, and then have uh, East step back and try and, and throw one over the top to um, their outstanding wide receiver uh, Gustafson. So you know Utica's going to have its hands full. Um, you know defensively for uh, you know for Grove City, um, you know they're going to see a pretty um, a pretty solid offense as far as you know kind of a combo of, of different uh, running backs, but. You know, at the same time, you know, Sonny Bedina from from Utica has uh, thrown for almost 2,000 yards. He's going to, you know, look to stretch the field to guys like Nate Palmer, to uh, Matt Brantley, Elijah Parker. Um, so, you know, this will be this will be an interesting matchup where you know it's going to come a lot down to strategy, to teams taking shots, and then you know maybe a, a big play here or there sort of opens it up. But I believe this is going to be what the the third White Law Bowl for Grove City. They're like the two-time defending, you know, White Bowl or White Law Bowl champions. So they want to hang on to that or go for a three-peat, I guess. And so um, I know they'll be excited to to try to hold home court and and hang on to that trophy for another year. So I, that is our third traditional bowl matchup, and I kept saying and more because uh, there is one more. Uh, so we never know walking into what was this. It, so we didn't, surprises. 
Yeah, we, we didn't know until this morning for sure what would happen here. And so we told coaches, honestly, as they've asked us, how many will there be? We, three, maybe four. The answer is, folks, there are four. So if you haven't been picked yet, I hope you didn't tune out because here we go. This is our last bowl we're going to tell you about. And for me personally, this is exciting because everything comes full circle, yeah. it feels like, in Division Three. You saw what I went through on Saturday, the range of emotions there. I get a little emotional about this one in particular, In particular, he said, and I'll tell you why after I reveal it. The 2021 James Lina Bowl, St. Vincent College at Fairleigh Dickinson University Florham, FDU Florham, and first season head coach, Jimmy Robertson. I... Wow announced his games versus Union for, you know, a, a little spell there. And he was our yeah. first guest on this show back in 2008. And, uh, you know, St. Vincent, forgive me for kind of gushing here for a second. But to see this <laughs> happen, to know that he is coaching this team up to a point for their first postseason berth since 1993, was that we saw something like that? Yeah, yeah, the 93. Yeah, it's been that long. It's, it's incredible. It's congratulations to him. It's uh, a range of emotions. I did the game. My first game of the season was uh, FDU Forum hosting Merchant Marine Academy. I got to see Coach Toop out in terms of the Secretary's Cup game Saturday. And we get to see Jimmy Robertson, the other half of that first game of the season, getting to coach his uh, team in postseason. Something that most first season head coaches don't get a chance to do. I don't say first year because obviously this is technically his second year damn COVID, but whatever uh, at this point, everybody's thrilled. Uh, St. Vincent, 5-5, five and 4-5 five, and five in the pack. Uh, FDU is 6-4, and 5-3 and three in the MAC. Interesting matchup. Uh, we were looking at this one. Uh, we maybe lost track of certain aspects of who's who and what's what in this game, but St. Vincent can have a very potent offense at times throughout this season. A little inconsistent, but interesting uh, lineup here for them, especially against Florham. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you know, Brady uh, Brady Walker, the the quarterback for St. Vincent's, had an outstanding season. Uh, passed for over twenty four hundred yards, twenty passing touchdowns, uh, completing about sixty one percent of his of his passes. They have a couple of strong running backs in, in Billy Beck and Julian Howard, who've rushed for eleven touchdowns combined. Um, defensively, they're they're led by. Um, uh, Jones uh, Polinus, I think is how he pronounced that. 60 tackles, four and a half uh, TFL, a sack, two interceptions. Um, so this this uh, St. Vincent team is not one to take lightly. Um, they started their year off with a 20 point win over Bluffton. Um, they've had you know some close calls in the in in the pack. They um, have a big win over Bethany on their, on their senior day uh, there in Latrobe. And so they're not going to be, a, they're not going to be a pushover. They're definitely going to you know, bring it to, to the devils who, uh, you know, also a very strong passing team, Frank, this might be one of those games where we say, you know, they're going to test the lights on the scoreboard uh, because both teams like to throw the ball. Um, Anthony Caserta has had an outstanding season for, uh, for FDU Florham. He's thrown for almost 2,500 yards, 25 passing touchdowns, uh, nearly 59% completion percentage. So two great quarterbacks uh, who really can throw the ball well. You know, if the weather holds up, you never know what it's going to be like in, you know, mid, mid to late November up in the Northeast. But it seems like you've had some some pretty some decent weather. And if it's, if it's dry and not too windy, you're going to see the ball flying around the field. Uh, and this could be a really high-scoring, fun football game to watch. 
I laugh at that because after the game, uh, you saw me uh, at, in uh, New London. I drove through a hailstorm with wind and everything else possible. So welcome to the weather at in least the it nor- didn't northeast. Hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you don't like it, it'll be just wait five or ten minutes and see what happens next. Yeah, it, it, we turn into Florida suddenly with our uh, weather spells around here around this time of year. But JB, uh, let us let us uh, go through the four bowls again for those that might be just joining us, and here they are. First, it was the Asa S. Bushnell Bowl. Hobart, the Statesman at eight and two, will be at Westminster. The Titans at eight and two as well. Then we have the Clayton Chapman Bowl with W and J at eight and two. Uh, the Presidents uh, will be traveling to the Golden Eagles of Brockport at seven and three. Then our friends at Utica College, the pioneers uh, in the Scotty Whitelaw Bowl, will uh, they are at six and four, and they will be traveling to Grove City at seven and three. So a little, a little bit of extra Pennsylvania action going on here. And uh, finally, the James Lina Bowl, St. Vincent College at five and five. The Bearcats will be at the Devils, uh, FDU Florham hosting six and four uh, for them. Uh, and so. What jumps out at me here, JB, overall, is we've heard a lot about the pack getting disrespected in the NCAA national landscape, okay? And we saw in the regional rankings, it finally took kind of the last stanza for Carnegie Mellon after they won the pack to get ranked. It was a little bit of a disappointment to see how Region 2 was treating things. And we had Blaise Fagiano, who was uh, overseeing some of that earlier uh, on our show. So not, not trying to start uh, anything over the Grove City end of things. But, you know, it's interesting to see how the pack was perceived. But there are four pack teams in these four games. If they want to prove they belong in the national conversation, here's their opportunity. Yes, they are kind of bowl games and all that stuff, but they matter. They matter in terms of trying to help us see what the landscape looks like. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I think, you know, in all these cases, I mean, Hobart, Westminster could very easily have been an NCAA playoff game. Um, same thing with with Brockport and, and W&J, all of these teams were literally, you know, plays away from winning their conference championships. So these are um, these are going to be some great matchups between some really, you know, heady uh, region two, um, east region, whatever you want to call them, um, programs. And you know, the other the, the other games, I mean, Utica, Grove City, and um, St. Vincent and FDU Florham are, are pretty compelling matchups in their own right. You know, you have sort of the you know the passing battle in the um, you know in the St. Vincent. FDU side, and then you have more of like the old fashioned, you know, run, you know, great running back versus, you know, linebacking, rushing defense uh, type of game um, in, in Utica Grove City. So, you know, a lot of bragging rights on the line, you know, great recruiting opportunities. Um, all of these games are taking places in, in sort of hotbeds of, of Division three football. So, you know, to the winners, it's going to be a big deal. JB, we have some thanks to give here. Uh, thanks, uh, obviously, to Coach Benzel and Coach Fagiano at Westminster and Utica for joining us yep. and their teams and excited to have them. Quasi do uh, as well. Uh, great having him uh, tell us his thoughts. Uh, it's always, on the spot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's always on the spot because they, how can they break down a team that they don't know if they're playing them or not until they get right here on the show? But uh, yeah. a great, great uh, poison answer by him. 
Uh, we want to thank Dylan Clark and Lydia Fister over at the ECAC uh, for helping us put this all together, giving us the pairings and uh, working with us uh, throughout this. It takes weeks for this type of show to get produced, folks, because it's not just giving us the pairings. It's making sure that we have the song and dance act the right way, and uh, hopefully they uh, approve of this song and dance uh, that we uh, put together here. But uh, JB, thank you for, uh, as always, being right on top of this stuff as well and helping us get this uh, show together over the years. And thank you to the fans for putting up with us. Uh, and, you know, again, after COVID, it just feels so good to be able to say, let's go bowling again. It may sound a little bit abused uh, and everything else, but it feels just great to have any ability to use every old analogy and every old uh, cliche in the book this year because it almost feels it's new catching again. on, man. Yep. Yeah. So and it's catching on. I mean, we saw it out. We see it out in the Midwest. There's an, a brand new bowl game between the CCIW and the WIAC that's going to be played on Saturday um, later in the afternoon. So you can check that out um, if you're interested to see how River Falls and Wash U match up. So you know, other other parts of the country are like, hey, yeah, wait a minute, why don't why don't we have bowl games? Like this is a really cool idea and it's a great platform. And it's, you know, you saw it on the faces of the, all the players. Like, they're excited to have one more week of practice and preparation. And they're going to have uh, they're gonna have an awesome experience on Saturday. It's going to be a battle in all of these games. And, um, you know, like, like Coach Benzel said, you know, there's, they're trying to get a, the trophy to put on the, on the shelf to cap off their 2021 year. And this season was something, you know, that we kind of realized early on. You know, we're not taking for granted. So every – Every minute counts, and so I hope all these games go well. Hope the teams play well and get to see some exciting bonus football along with the NCAA playoffs this weekend. Just to take it a step further, really kudos to the ECAC for sticking it in, or sticking in there, I guess is the best way to say it, with the uh, bowls. They, they maybe had a point where they weren't sure they wanted to keep doing them and subscription to them wasn't as strong as it could have been, and they kind of redoubled their efforts instead of, fading back and we're still here and growing honestly the passion for these games is higher than i ever remember just from the coaches reaching out to us along the way the last two weeks about these games they care the players care the coaches care the ad's care and that's great and refreshing to see and uh kudos again to the ecac for leading the charge on that throughout the years folks you will have our normal Crunch Time show coming up midweek and uh, some preview show for the playoffs on Friday. And uh, D3Football.com just got approval for the Bracket Blitz show that we'll be helping out with on Saturday for the NCAA landscape. More on that throughout the week. But for now, we're going to take a little pause here for a day or so because it's been a heck of a weekend. Yeah, exactly. Again, thanks to the ECAC <laughs> for uh, allowing us to do this, and we will see you midweek. Good luck to all the teams that are going bowling.